How y'all doing? Good. I know you're a little chilly, so um, uh, worship warmed you up, and we're going to actually turn the air off, so we'll just, we'll just chill for a little bit. So glad that you're here. Um, I love the fact that we get to just linger in worship uh, the whole hour. Just the, the, every bit of this is worship and kind of bringing our best to God, aiming ourselves in his direction to kind of lean into him a little bit. And uh, we're thrilled to have you here, especially if you're brand new. We Just welcome. We're glad that you're here. And, and we want to be a church that helps people in their faith journey, whether they are just starting that or getting curious about that, whether they've been walking with Jesus for many, many moons. Uh, we're excited to help people take first steps and next steps in faith. And we're starting a series called Why It Matters. How many of you are parents? Okay. So several of you are parents. How many of you aunts and uncles? And so you have influence in the next generation type thing. And, uh, you know, one of the things that that I value is uh, the reality is every organization has a why. It's the mission of why it exists. And we as a church have a why. We have a, a mission that we're on. And there's a difference tonight that I want to talk about between mission and missions with an S. So mission is this why you exist. In fact, we as a church want to take a few weeks in about a month and a half or so, and we want to take some time and kind of go back to our why of why we exist, why God has formed Element City Church to have an influence and to have space and and kind of to be part of the cause of Christ in this city uh, for such a time as this, for our here and now. So we're going to do that in 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 a month and a half or so. But tonight, I want to talk about this series of the idea of whys, because we as parents or we as aunts and uncles have influence in the next generation, and there's just things. Because remember when uh, little kids start asking that question, why? It's usually around two, uh, three, sometimes it lasts from two to 22, um, and it's just a long period of time. It's just like, why? Uh, and, and so you have to respond with, you know, influence, okay, well, it can't just be because all the time, though that's the simplest answer, let's be honest. Because. Your mom said so. Okay. Um, because, and so we, we want to give a little bit of a why to it. And so there's things that are important in life. And so when I've shared this before, that I tend to try to take uh, what I call um, kind of teachable moments or life lessons. And if my kids are in the room, they're already rolling their eyes. Because to me, that's moments, like I get 60 seconds, and I try to limit myself, I'm not always good at it, of saying, here's a life lesson. Here's why what I'm getting ready to say matters to you, and it will help you in life down the road. So I'll go, hey, uh, life lesson, and I get 60 seconds on the clock, and sometimes they just start rolling their eyes at 30 seconds, but it's okay. I figure repetition just it will sink in eventually. And so that's this idea of why things matter. So it's important for us to look at why things matter. And we wanted to take a minute, um, these next few weeks here, and just look at some significant portions of themes and topics that we see in Scripture that these are important things. They may not necessarily be the mission of the church. We'll get to that. But they're significant in how we grow and and kind of launch into our faith and how we develop and mature in our faith. And so tonight we want to look at this idea of why missions, with an S, why missions matters. 
to the church. And I want to look at Jesus' last words that we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So we'll get there. If you have your Bible, you can go there. If not, you have version, um, and you can pull that up, look at, uh, check on just the, the event for tonight, and you can find all the message information, all the notes and things like that, passages we'll look at. But last words. I don't know if you've ever been around someone who's whispered last words to you. I had an opportunity to do a funeral yesterday for a dear friend and got to visit him uh, at the hospital about a week and a half ago. Never thought that would be the last time I would see him. Uh, he was going for a, a kind of a heart a valve transplant and figured he'd make it through and, and didn't. And uh, yesterday, and kind of being with the family and with the friends that were gathered, just realizing and kind of replaying the last words that he and I spoke about and the way that we prayed for one another and the things that we encouraged each other with. And, and I left better because of hanging around Jim. And I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that with uh, last words with someone or last words that you want to, to kind of give to someone before they take off on a trip, or before they, like those words carry weight to them, right? It's like the last words before someone leaves on a trip and you're like, oh, and you just want them to know, I love you, and pack clean underwear, or just whatever it might be. Um, just, you have those last words have power, have weight to them. And I want you to look at Jesus' last words because I think it gives us some insight to why missions matters, why the church should have a focus on missions. Uh, we know that Jesus gave us the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, uh, and, and the great commission, you're to go and make disciples of all nations, uh, kind of baptizing them in the name of the Lord Jesus, you're to go and kind of live this life. And here in Acts chapter one, here's what it says. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's about ready to uh, kind of ascend back to heaven. And here's what he says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, when you begin to unpack that, you begin to understand some insight, I think, here to why missions matters. It's important for us to understand that um, the passion that we have to carry this forward is based on what Jesus is saying to us. Okay, wait. Okay, we're going to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And once he comes, then you're going to go be my witnesses. There's going to be a period of time. It's like Jesus is saying, um, there's going to be a period of time from when I am here right now to when I come back. Because what he's saying is, I will be back. Long before Arnold said it, Jesus said it. Uh, and I will be back. But in that gap, you're going to be my witnesses. Now, what is a witness? Uh, can I get a witness? <laughs> Okay, never mind. Uh, what does a witness do? Uh, well, a witness is a person, they, they bear witness to what they see, to what they know, and to what they experienced. It's nothing to do with hearsay. It has nothing to do about rumor. It has nothing to do with what someone else has said or thought they saw or thought they heard. A witness bears witness to what they know, what they've experienced, what they've seen. And what Jesus is saying is, look, I want you to go, and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, kind of the, the right here. You're going to be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria, which is kind of like right over there. It's a region around Jerusalem, a little bit further out. Judea was not too far away. Uh, Samaria is, uh, <clears throat> let's just be honest, Samaria, the Jews and Samarians didn't get together. They didn't like each other at all. 
Um, there was a lot of, ooh, okay. So a lot of tension in the room. But Jesus is saying, okay, you're going to go here, right here, uh, a little bit over there, and yeah, over there. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, like, to the ends of the earth. Now, as far as they could think in the first century, that was, I mean, Rome owned the earth at the time. And so, like, to the furthest edges of where Rome's power might even be. That's what you're going to be about. And you're going to be people who go and be my witnesses to them. It's this direction is a primary influence. It's like ripples in a pond. How many of you have ever been to a pond? You've thrown a rock into it? Wow, you all really need to travel more. Okay. If you get to a lake, if you get to a pond, they have these things called rocks. Um, and if you throw them into the lake, it's ama- they sink. Uh, you don't get them back. But you can maybe try to skip them across. But what happens is there's this ripple effect, right? The, the rock hits the water, and there's this ripple of concentric circles that continue to expand all the way to the edges of as far as this lake or this pond or this creek, whatever it might be that you're at, all to the furthest boundaries of where it is and the farthest that you can see. And in essence, that's kind of what Jesus is saying. You're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be my witnesses to go talk about what you've seen, what you've experienced, what you know, to right here and right over here, and then even a little bit further beyond that. I've heard it said that the greatest privilege of the church is worship, but the greatest priority of the church is evangelism continuing the mission of Jesus in this world. That's what Jesus said to do. In fact, in his last words, before he ascends back to the Father, he says to us, look, you're going to be my witnesses. And you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If we were to put it in our cultural context today, you might think of it like this. You're going to be my witnesses right here, over there, and then like way over there. Okay, you're going to be my witnesses if you try to get your arms around it. It's about, it's about a reach effect. So what I'd like to do is talk about, I think, three aspects of the reach that every church has. And I want to dial it into kind of the reach that we have. And I want to challenge you tonight and challenge myself too to keep working on our reach, to be those witnesses for Jesus, to, to talk about. Uh, it's kind of like when you're a kid, show and tell, remember? And uh, you would bring something, you would show it, but you'd also tell about it, you'd talk about it. To be a witness is that. And as a church, you've gotten to show what it means to, to put the love of Jesus on display for people to see. You also, we also get to talk about it the love of Jesus on display. And if you think about it this way, uh, it's about our personal reach, which is the right here. It's about our local reach through the church, which is kind of over here. And it's this global reach, which is beyond all of us. And tonight, I want to just recap a little bit of what God's been kind of in this mission with us to be about as a church. As a church, we have said, hey, missions is important. Serving is important. And we've kind of practiced this out. But I want to talk about this idea of personal reach. Uh, In a personal reach, what that means is, Jesus, I want to be your witness. Uh, Kind of the show and tell kind of thing. Uh, Putting your love on display for people to see, but also talking about your love and, and letting people know about you in my own personal reach. Uh, We talk a lot about here, about a a key phrase that we've used is, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. This notion that if we look at the needs around us, that we all have a personal reach, 
about, the, the things that come across our path, the people that come across uh, our context and our connection. It can be overwhelming if you try to meet every need. In fact, it's impossible, isn't it? And often what happens is we emotionally shut down. And we go, well, there's too much need, so I'm just going to take care of me. And the reality is, in order for us to be a witness in our right here, in our personal reach, that means we've got to stay with a compassionate heart. We've got to stay open to the opportunities that God brings across our path. Whether that's a short stint or a short sprint or a long-term marathon of partnering up with someone. You know, for, uh, for example, Amy and I and our family, we had uh, a dear friend, a single mom, that uh, was good friends with, with uh, our kid, one of our kids, and, and we just made it a purpose, uh, kind of saying through quite a few years of school, is we wanted to do our best to uh, be able to help in ways. Sometimes it was anonymous, sometimes it was just kind of helping, and, and we just wanted to be a person that said, hey, this family matters. And, and I know some of the... the kind of the deck is stacked against uh, this family in a little bit. And so in our personal reach, they're in our scope. We love them. We care about them. And so we're going to be people who uh, from time to time will step in the gap and will stand in the gap on their behalf. And whether they know about it or not, we just, we're going to make that a point. And it's, okay, that's our do for one, what we wish we could do for everyone. I, I wish we had the resources to do that for everybody. But we don't. But we can do it for this. And so for our personal reach, we've said, hey, we want to be people who live out the generous heart of God to stand in the gap and to step in to help people where they're at and to meet some of those needs. You've had opportunities to do that where people have come across your path, whether it's been at work or whether it's been at school or whether it's been family friends or people in, in the neighborhood that you've been able to step up and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step up here and help. It's living by that rhythm of doing for one what you wish you could do for everyone. I think that's what it means to be Jesus' witnesses in our Jerusalem, in our personal reach. So the, here's the challenge. What does that look like for you? What does that look like in the month of August for you? Are you at an opportunity? Are you at, is that even open to being on your radar where you could say, God, would you partner with me? Can I partner with you to help meet the need of someone that you're going to steer across my path? Whether it's at work, whether it's in the neighborhood, whether it's from a, uh, a sports team I'm on, whether it's just something. Would you help me be a person that would be open to say, hey, I want to be a person that has a personal reach of missions and living this out. So pray about that. And that's the challenge this week is to pray about. What does that look like for you in this month of August to say, God, would you help me understand how I can have a personal reach of missions in the lives of the people around me? Maybe it's just, it's going to be a roommate or someone in your dorm uh, this semester as you start back to school that's going to need just some time. And you're going to actually give up some of your time to invest in that. It doesn't have to always be monetary. And so it's this idea of investing in someone's life. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. So pray for that. That God will show you how your personal reach can have an opportunity to be a witness for Jesus in your Jerusalem, your personal reach. Now the second one is your local reach. And I believe what Jesus is saying here in a lot of ways, you can kind of uh, pin this to the local church to the opportunity, I think this is why it's important to be part of a local body and a local community of Christ followers. Whether you're here forever or you move, find a church and plug in there because the we is greater than the me. You can accomplish more together than you can on your own. That's why it's not just your personal reach. 
because you can't fix everything. But you can be a part of a team, a part of a community like the local church that's making a difference beyond. Can I just, I was thinking back this week. Um, you know, Brian and I have had the opportunity to, uh, to lead with you all for the last several years, four years that we've been here uh, in Midtown. And it's just started making a list of all the things that you all, that we have gotten to accomplish. It's amazing. You start thinking about the very first time we showed up at John B. Wright. Um, Maria was the principal. And Maria was there, and we said, what can we do to be a blessing uh, to your school? And so we came up with this idea of these hygiene kits, right? And so many of these kids don't have necessarily the basics of all the hygiene and, and some food, and so we bought these little drawstring bags. Some of you were at the office when we were stuffing them. As we collected them, and uh, we got that rolling, and we, every single kid that year, 400 plus, got a personal hygiene kit. My favorite story from that. Um, was this kid who was going through cancer treatments, who obviously has no hair. Uh, his hair has fallen out, and he's got this hairbrush. And I'm like, oh, in my mind going, that's not going to work. Um, and when he looks up and he goes, this is awesome. And I was like, are you being sarcastic? Because I would. Um, and he's like, my mom's going to get a new hairbrush. And I was like, <laughs> take my money. I'm just... <clears throat> It's just awesome to see things. So that's one small little story that you guys have gotten to do. You've given uh, over a 1,000 backpacks over the last four years uh, to the kids at John B. Wright, to every kid that's been a part of that. Uh, there's so many things you've done. And in fact, I'll go back to this list or so. But tonight, I wanted to introduce you to a, a good friend. This is Deanna Campos, uh, who's here. She's the principal of John B. Wright. So Deanna, would you join me up here? And you can give her a big hand. Thank you. How are you? Great. Thanks, Thanks for being with us. Thanks for Deanna wanted to come and just share a few words with you. So. so I'm the new principal, John B. Wright. I was there last year, and we hooked up last year. And it's, um, I don't know, it, sometimes when you meet someone, it makes more of a difference. And for you to see that those backpacks that you give and the time that you give it's incredible, um, that mission that you guys do, the local mission, it's helping, it's touching our kids, it's touching our world. For me, if you can think of on your way, you know, and you cross, if you see John B. Wright, if you can just lift us up, because it's, it's, a, it's a tough school, as you know, you've been giving backpacks. There's lots of poverty, there's, you know, there's, I can go on and on, it's one of the highest, um, um, what's that, domestic violence. There's a lot of McKinney-Vinto, which means the kids lose their homes. And we keep them at our school, and the bus comes, and it's just, it's just so many needs. And sometimes when I go, I'm like, I can't make it. I can't reach everybody. There's you know, 500 kids, and they each need a backpack, and they each need this, and they need clothes, and they need glasses, and they need shoes, and they need food. And there's, We can't do it all. You guys have helped us immensely. We passed out all the backpacks. They're all gone. <laughs> and we had enough. Thank God. You know, um, but I just want to come and say thank you. That, that's all I can do. I can just say thank you. And if you think of it, lift me up. Because, and the teachers, um, it, you know, all schools need lifting up, yeah. truthfully. You know, we're living in some interesting times. And the parents, it's, um, you know, they're pretty demanding. And the kids... It's not their fault. And for me, if, as long as I'm there at John B. Wright, 
I pray on the way in, I pray in there, and I'm praying on the way out. You know, that's what I have to do. And whatever you can do to help, thank you. So this is me just personally saying thank you. Thank you when you cross John B. Wright, you see it, throw a prayer my way. I think it'd be okay if all of you did that. <laughs> I know you have to pick your own, but I'm going to say go ahead. I'm all right with that. Just thank you. It's been a blast. This is my second year, and we're going to, you know, it was one of the smoothest uh, beginnings for me. I was at Mary, Be- Mary Bell McCorkle for three years as AP. Then I, I got John B. Wright last year, and I didn't know what I was getting into. And um, it's just been a blessing for me. So lift me up. Luckily, we have Cammy. Is Cammy here? She's doing her student teaching there. Yay! Nice. So lift her up in prayer, too. And it's just a wonderful start. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Lift me up. Lift our school up in prayer. If I would ask anything, it'd be for the prayer every single day. Thank you. Awesome. Could you stay right here? Sure. Uh, we're going to actually do that right now. How about that? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Would you all just pray with me? If you want to reach out your hand, just kind of pray over Deanna, over John B. Wright, the teachers. And so, Father, we want to lift up uh, Deanna to you. And for her leadership, we pray great wisdom and discernment beyond her experience, beyond even her own abilities. Would you kind of whisper into her, deep within her heart, of how best to lead day to day, how best to lead her team and her teachers, her staff, custodial staff, all the admin. Uh, we ask that you would allow them to be a great team uh, this year. Everybody pulling the rope in the same direction and great camaraderie great encouragement one to another that you'd help develop that. Uh, Father, we ask for any new teachers that are there, uh, that this is their first week, full week coming up. We ask your blessing over them and over uh, all of our schools. And Father, we pray that uh, every student, I think you said there's 535, we pray that each one of those students would sense uh, just a a great passion to learn and a great passion to pursue education. I know the STEM program's big for them. Would you give them a passion for that? And we ask for their absolute best. And Father, uh, behind the scenes, would you let them know of your love for them, uh, your desire to connect with them, and we ask for your absolute best over John B. Wright this year. We pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Oh, yep. I'm not done. You're not done. There you go. I forgot. Act two. Last Sunday, (laughs) uh, there was a ton of people I couldn't even count. They cleaned out the whole entire courtyard with me. We painted a portable, and we cleaned every single window, and we cleaned the whole front hedges and everything, and it was just fantastic. I couldn't have done it by myself. I would still be there, probably. Probably so. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) So anyway, thank you for everybody who showed up. That was wonderful. And all the teachers noticed, and the kids were like, wow, this is great. And what a great start to a school year. Thank you. Awesome. Glad we could help with that. Yeah, thinking through, um, you know, we've done five Serve Sundays um, over, we, we started it, we did the very first one, uh, I believe here, like two and a half years ago uh, at Catalina, and we said, hey, we want to invest just, uh, we had 120 people show up, and we said we got three hours to do whatever we could do here, and just if you add all of that up, it, it's so many hours of volunteer work where we've gotten to make an influence and have an impact here at Catalina High School, at John B. Wright, and at Caring Ministries, who we partner with uh, a lot. This local reach matters, and here's why it matters. I think for a a world that's skeptical, for a world that's skeptical about religion and skeptical about the influence of religion, I, I think people living out the love of Jesus with no strings attached speaks volumes about an authentic hope and a life that's available to them. 
I think, to a skeptical world, living this out, that show and tell type thing, show me the love of Jesus, and you can tell me about the love of Jesus, but you can't just be a person who tells me about it and never shows anything. And because that's where people get talked at instead of spoken into. And we want to be a church that speaks into our culture and into our community and into the people that God allows us to have reach and influence with. And so one of the deep passions of our heart is to serve and to be a church that does that. So if you're new around here, twice a year, we we cancel service and we serve. Uh, in our community because we don't want to just talk about being the church. We actually want to go be the church. And so we do that. And many of you were here last week to be a part of that. Many of you have been a part of that in the past. Uh, To think about all the things that you all have accomplished in the local reach through Element City Church is pretty fantastic. Called Josh this week uh, to say, hey, we've been doing this food outreach, food distributions at Hollinger and here at Catalina since October. Um, How much food have we given away? And he texts me back, and he's like, 97,000 pounds of food um, to just, that's amazing. You sh- that's very, very cool. In fact, if you have that slide, Hannah, you can put that up. Just listing through some different things. Uh, when we first got here four years ago, we remember we presented a big check uh, to Rex, who was the principal at that time, uh, for $5,000 because there were no chairs at all in the little theater, zero. And we said, we want to buy chairs. Uh, for the little theater, you can use them around the school, and so it's just for Catalina. And so we wrote a check and gave it out of your generosity and did that. We had an opportunity to partner up with another group who donated $12,000 that so the, the picnic tables that you see around here, the big trash cans that you see around here, all the rock that's out in the front. That, remember, who was here two years ago when we moved all the rock? Yeah, can we get an amen? Um, okay. We were so glad the football team came that day. Um, but like all of that stuff is just donated because they influence the impact here. You think about all the hours that have been served. You think about all the impact that we've had at Arizona Baptist Children's Services and at Caring Ministries and at different organizations. I know of different e-groups who have taken on different projects with um, uh, different organizations around town who, who've done so, so much. And you think about the impact that we've had. We've always said, wouldn't it be cool to be a part of a, a church that... Like, people would miss you if you were gone, if you weren't there, if you weren't a part of that community anymore. And because some churches exist only to themselves. And some churches, let's be honest, close their doors and nobody misses them, except the people who are showing up in the doors. And we want to be a church where that's different. We want to be a church that says, hey, this community matters. And we want to give back. We, want to, we, we use this phrase around here a lot of bringing the hope of Jesus to the heart of the city because so much in the heart of the city is, is vacated. So much of the hope and, and, and the desire and the dreams and passions have left. And so we want to be a church that brings that back and breathes that in. And so it's important for you to have a personal reach. What does that look like? Uh, to carry out the mission, to be that witness, to show and tell in a personal reach. It's important for us as a church and for you to be a part of a church that says, hey, we want to have a local reach. We want to have a local impact and influence into our city. And at the same time, that's Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We want to be a church that has a global reach. Yeah, we're not the biggest church around, 
but that doesn't mean we can't have a global reach. And so there's been a couple opportunities that we've had that um, Tyler and Megan, I don't know if you remember Tyler and Megan, about a year and a half ago, almost coming up on two years, we commissioned them from our church. They were a part of our church. And we said, hey, we want to commission you and bless you. We've been partnered with them ever since. Uh, they have just gotten back literally last Monday from leading a team in China for two months from Youth with a Mission, YWAM. And they are on staff with YWAM, have been doing doing some discipleship training uh, with some different teams. They led a team to Greece and were a part of that and being a witness there. And you all have been a part, some of you individually, and as a church, we, we help kind of, we help sponsor them and we help take care of them and we pray for them. And uh, visiting, it was actually Tyler's grandfather that passed away uh, yesterday. And so to see him again, uh, they wanted me to tell you that they're doing well and they've got until like next March, it'll be their two-year mark. And they're gonna be here in September. We'd love to connect with you a little bit, and they said I was fine in sharing this, that all three of them will be here, uh, because she's expecting in December, and so uh, that's exciting uh, for Megan, and so be praying for her, and uh, be praying for Tyler and Megan, and for their new one, uh, and the influence and impact that they have. We also have had the opportunity to partner with uh, Pantano and with Revive to help plant a church and a compassion center from Compassion International in Playas, Ecuador. And some of you have been on that trip uh, down to Playas, and we've had the opportunity. There's over 200 kids that are sponsored. What that means is that a, a kid, so like for our family, Anai, is sponsored by our family, $38 a month, and that goes to bring food and clothing and medical care and checkups, and she gets to be a part of the Compassion Center uh, two to three times a week where she gets food and she gets training and she gets uh, education. There's tutors there to help her with school. There's also tutors who are there investing in her spiritually and gets to be a part of the church. And so uh, you can see a little bit of pictures. There's Brittany in the top left having lunch with some of the kids and feeding them. And there's Ricky playing, uh, trying to control chaos, I call that, um, when we did VBS there uh, last year. And there's this great opportunity for us to go. And in fact, this trip impacted someone who's dear to us. Josh, why don't you come up here? Um, in a great way. And we had an opportunity to... Um, to go. In fact, Josh was my roommate on our very first trip down there. How you doing, buddy? I'm well. Everybody in Ecuador calls Josh Captain America, so you can call him that too if you want. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't sound as cool here because everyone here is Captain cool America. So, um, but Josh had the opportunity to go with us on that first trip, and I know that impacted you in such a way that you got to go back again with a, a Pantano team, and then went back uh, for an extended time for six months, uh, investing and in kind of working there. And so we've, uh, if you remember, Pastor Carlos and Elizabeth were here a few months ago, and we got to pray uh, over them. In fact, you were part of that, and um, so they're doing real well. And uh, Benji, their little ones, doing well. In fact, you can give us an update on that, but. What about that first trip? What about in your heart said, hey, I, I know missions is important to you, and I know doing things locally has been important to you. You're living that out. Um, but in a lot of ways, there was something that grabbed your heart for kind of a global experience in that. What was that like, and what did you learn from that? For the first one. For the first yeah. one. Yeah, so um, to be honest, um, global missions wasn't exactly on my heart a lot um, at first. Um, right before my first trip, that was in November of 2015, so I guess probably mm -hmm. with registration and signups and everything, that was probably around June 
of 2015, and I didn't start coming to church until January of 2015, and I was baptized in June. So, um, to be honest, when I first signed up, it was really, like, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, it was like, I feel like I'm being pushed to go do this, and every time you talked about it, it was like, I feel like God's saying go, go, but I was like, I don't, I'm a new Christian, what am I going to go and do, you know, and um I actually don't know if you remember this, but I approached you after, you probably mentioned it like five times over the course of a couple of months, and I came up to you and I was like, all right, should I like consider doing this? And you're like, dude, you're you're past the deadline, man. The applications had to be submitted like three weeks ago. And I was like, oh, well, okay, maybe, maybe I'm totally off here. Um, <laughs> and you're like, well, let me, let me, you're like, I'd love for you to go. Like, let me just see what I can do. And I was like, at that point, I was like, all right, if I'm supposed to go, it'll happen. If I'm not supposed to go, it, you know, something, it, it, they won't let me go. And sure enough, you call me and you're like, hey, you're in. And I was like, okay. Um, and I, I honestly Now you got to raise money. <laughs> and now, yeah, you're like, now you have to raise $2,800. And I was like, oh. Um, Glad you're going. Okay. And at that point, you know, same thing. Like, I was a new Christian. I don't even know if my friends outside of church knew I was going to church. Um, so I pretty much only told my family that I was going on this trip. And so I, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. I was just being obedient to the fact that I felt like God was pushing me to go. And so I was like, all right, I'll go. Um, what happened? on that trip, coming back from that experience? Because I know it was pretty impactful for you. Um, It was was amazing. I didn't even know we had, like, the Compassion Center with the the children down there. So a lot of people who were going on this trip were going to see their Compassion Kid, and I I wasn't sponsoring anyone. Um, But one of the most impactful times for me, actually, I'll kind of share two things. Um, So like I said, kind of a newer Christian at the time, and um, a big thing was the first day we were down there, we were worshiping. And they were worshiping in Spanish, but they were singing a song that we sing here at church. And so the whole church was there singing in Spanish. And then I think our whole group was singing in English. And it was just like that moment of, whoa, like God is so big. Oh my goodness, you know? Like we're singing the same song written by the same group in two different languages, probably like 5,000 miles apart. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, like God, you're God's a big God, um, and that was like my first, you know, moment where I was like, whoa. And then actually another one is that when I, we met probably the second day. Man, God started working real quick. Um, we went to go see um, a house with a family down there. They just wanted to get us exposed to kind of what the living situations were like, and. We were meant to go see this family, but the family wasn't there. And so we went back to the church and ended up painting or something. But then the next day they showed up and they're like, hey, this family you went to go see yesterday is here now. And they want to meet you. And we're like, oh, okay. You know, and so we, we stopped painting because I think we were painting again. And then we went over and um, they're like, hey, we want you to meet this family. And we got to talk with this family. And um, the whole time I was kind of a side note. I think I was the youngest person on that trip other than Christine by maybe... 10 or 15 years. I mean, years. I'm pretty close you're, to you. I mean, you're I pretty mean, young, just, too, but, yeah. like, um, yeah. like, so it was pretty much like, all right, Josh, you, like, go play with the kids, <laughs> and the adults are going to all talk over here. And I was like, cool, this works for me, you know? I don't know if we said so it. It was, it was kind of like, you were like, and I was like, okay, I get it. Um, but so 
we were talking with this family, or should I say the adults were talking with the family, and they had like four kids, right? And so I'm over here, and I am using the balloons that I was just painting in and like blowing up, making balloons and playing with them. And um, this one girl, I'm just having like, you know, she's probably like four, and just like having a blast with her. And anyways, as, you know, the day goes on, and we're talking more and more with the family, and we start praying with them, mm-hmm. um, we asked before, you know, what's one thing that you guys need prayer for? And they they shared that, for the daughter to stay in the program, they need someone to sponsor her. And it was like on that moment, it was like, boom, like, all right, uh, like God was telling me you, you're going to sponsor this girl. And I was like, but I, God, like I just graduated undergrad. I have student <laughs> loans. I can't afford to pay $38 a month. That's, you know, like mm-hmm. five Chipotles. And so, um, <laughs> and so, it's a good um, way of looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> And so I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'll do it, right? And so, like, I got the privilege, actually, to share with them. I grabbed a translator, and, like, right at that moment, I was like, I'll, I will sponsor you, you know? And that was, those were the two highlights of that trip for me. Um, That's awesome. That opened up a door and an opportunity for you to, you went back another time, and then from there, you were kind of, uh, you're in med school now, yeah. but you were kind of in limbo mm-hmm. for a little bit, and you felt like God was doing something in your heart to continue a partnership there. Um, yeah. And you... You just got back from spending six months there. Mm-hmm. Um, how did your faith grow? And give us an update, I guess, yeah. on the whole Compassion Center yeah, and yeah. everything that's going on. And how did your faith grow in that experience? So, um, ooh, that's big. So, like, my faith going into that, like I said, I was kind of, at that point, so I'd been a Christian now, if I left in January, like two years almost, right? Mm-hmm. And so, Or just over two years. So I was like, all right, I kind of got the hang of this thing, like, I'm figuring it out. I just maybe have a little bit of things that I need to fine tune and I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm like serving with youth and helping doing set up and tear down and like helping lead in the uh, e-group. So I was like, I got, you know, like uh, we're good, we're good. And so I was like, God will show me some things, but it's, it's going to be like little tweaks and changes that are going to be some fine tunings. And like, that's just not the way God works guys. Um, <laughs> he, there's a quote that I'm trying to think of that I, I, I'm, blanking on right now, um, but it's C.S. Lewis, and he says, basically, God doesn't think, if you're thinking of yourself as like this this grass, right? God doesn't just mow the lawn, like in my case, that I thought he was going to do. If he wants to like change who you are, he's not just going to beautify the top. He's going to actually like uproot you, replant you, water you, and watch you grow and help you grow. And um, basically, that's what he did for me when I was down there. So, like, I'm totally, I might look the same kind of externally as before I left, but, like, internally, my mind, my heart, um, the stuff that makes up who I am, my spiritual being is completely changed. So, um, it was a really cool 360 that he did. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, thank you. Uh, Jump in. Yeah, yeah. So, just a quick update, I guess, on yeah, yeah. how they're doing. That'd be great. Um, so I kind of got to go in at a really cool time. They were, or maybe cool is not the critical time. How about we'll say critical. Um, the the kid program, the compassion program, had kind of hit a, a roof. The uh, church attendance was had had plateaued and was maybe even coming down a little bit. And the youth program in the church, uh, separate from the Compassion Center, had was doing the same thing, kind of plateaued and was coming down. And they're like, we need to change something here. And so I came and they're like, great. You know, like, here's this, Josh is going to teach us what we need to do. And I was like, I don't know. Like, what? Like, <laughs> I'm still know, learning Spanish. Yeah, I was like, uh, no, hablo espanol. Lo siento. <laughs> so um, they... 
we actually kind of brainstormed. And while they were here, they saw a lot of things. They're like, oh, you guys do like small groups, right? What's a small group? And so, or you do fun things with kids. What kind of fun things do you do with kids? And so I was able to kind of share, I wouldn't even call it expertise, just like experience of what I've done here with right. what they do there. And they're like, this is awesome. So the coolest thing I think that I would say that I've seen the progress in that um, Ecuador community is these small groups that they started mm-hmm. where basically they're, now I think they're up to four or five now. It started mm-hmm. with just two, where two nights a week we would go into someone's house in the community, like the pastor, myself, and his wife, and Benjamin, their one-year-old son, and we would basically just have church in their house. So like we would, you know, he plays a guitar, so we would sing, and um, he would do just like what you're doing, a little sermon, and then we would pray for him, and it would last about an hour, and mm-hmm. um, then that kind of supplemented the church. And these things just grew, and people were just like, yeah, because Ecuador is so community-oriented that they're just like, come over, this is what we're going to do. And so these people are all coming over just to hang out on a Tuesday night or whatever, and we're doing the small groups. And these things are growing from just one family of, like, six to now, like, five families of six in this, like, house that's, like, a dirt floor held up by, like, bamboo and, like, this thatched (laughs) ceiling that you're like, we're going to burst from this place. (laughs) But everyone is in here, and it's, like, so... It was just some of the most powerful times that I had during my six months down there were in the last couple months when we were doing these mm-hmm. these small groups. And it slowly just progressed to having one to two. And like I said, now I think they're up to five. Their That's attendance awesome. is climbing in church. Their youth attendance is climbing. They have, I think, a wait list for the Compassion Center. Yeah. Um, it's just so cool to see God work in that way. That's awesome. It's really cool. We're going to have an opportunity. We just had uh, a few months ago an opportunity to pick up other sponsored kids because there is a wait list uh, to expand that and to grow that. And so uh, those will come back around from time to time. And so we'll let you know when that's available for that. But uh, now for this, because we're getting ready to tell them when the next opportunity is, Mm -hmm. would you recommend for people to go? Hmm. That's a tough one. No, like with, I say no first, that was bad. Yes, um, like wholeheartedly, yes. I know there's- That was there's a, a softball right over the plate. That was a softball, <laughs> and I, I just whiffed, dude. I played t-ball, okay. um, so you got to set it there and just have it stay. Perfect. But um, I, know there's, I know there's a lot of people out here, actually, that have done um, global mission work, or whether that be short-term or long-term, and I think if you talk with any of them, you'll just get this resounding yes, and- the common theme from a lot of these people that you'll hear is just that you can go and like I went for six months and I know some people out there have like done things for you know multiple years and no matter how long you go and how much you do, the impact that you have on that community is nothing compared to the impact that they have on you. And so for that, like what God's done in my life, what they've done in my life, mm-hmm. the lessons that I've learned as being just like a man, a man of God and like the man that I want to become, um, it's... Yes, yes. Um, do it. That's awesome. So June 2018 uh, is the next trip that we're looking to take as a group, uh, a group from Pantana, a group from Elements, uh, to head down to Ecuador. So if you have a sponsor kid uh, and you'd like to go see them, if you would like to go be a part of this in Ecuador, uh, that's kind of the main partnership we have in a global scene right now. But uh, we're actually praying that God will expand that uh, and give us other opportunities because maybe there's other opportunities around the world that we can be a part of uh, at, at the right time, and we figured that out before. So well, I'd like to pray for Josh if, can if I, you're can willing to... Can I do to, a plug real quick? Yeah, please. So 
for those of you guys, I know a lot of you guys have compassion kids, write them a letter mm-hmm. um, and pray for them, but especially write them a letter because they get those letters. I, it might be like four months down the road, but they get those letters. And when the tutor's going through them and like explaining what you guys are writing and they get the, this opportunity to just hear that you guys are speaking to them, they're like, for, for a while, I actually don't even believe it's a real person. Um, but it, it literally makes their day. They keep every single letter. I've never met a kid who hasn't kept every letter they've ever received. Yep. And so they put it next to your picture, and they draw on the pictures. They draw on the, the cards that they get. So, like, write letters. Let them know who you are. Tell them about yourself. It makes their day. It makes their week. Um, you have no idea. So do it. Awesome. Thank you for doing that. Peer pressure. Um, yeah, definitely. Good peer pressure. So um, Josh has come back. He started med school here at Uvang, and uh, that's exciting. And, Same with uh, Stephen right there, too, right, classmate. And also, I know this part of this impact has impacted maybe even what you're interested in potentially uh, kind of focusing yeah. in uh, mm-hmm. with uh, pediatrics and potentially, potentially. 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 So um, it's a long road. So let's pray for Josh and uh, Father, we know um, uh, for Stephen as well too, that uh, med school is a big task. In fact, they get a big test tomorrow. So would you help them with that? This is a great journey and a great opportunity. Would you just infuse them with the, the wisdom that they need, the discernment, the study habits that they need, the ability to retain and recall information to uh, uh, be a part of a field that has great impact uh, upon multiple generations for years to come. So we pray for their best. We thank you for the opportunity uh, that you've taken this journey with Josh uh, and this journey with us uh, in Ecuador. We pray for Carlos and Elizabeth, the team down there, that you continue to bless the Compassion Center and Plenitude de Dios, the church. And Father, we ask that your absolute best for them uh, in these months to come, and we look forward to the opportunity to join them again here next year. We ask that you continue to expand our global reach um, in the months and the years to come for Element City Church. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate you, man. So, love you, man. So, I can take that. Thanks. Um, I think just to summarize again, this is you'll be my witnesses, which is you're going to bear witness on what you've seen, what you heard, what you know, your experience. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Your personal reach the local reach within the local church and this global reach that you can partner with. So here's the challenge for you as we move to our time of community, as we continue in worship, is figuring out for you, what does this look like in practical, tangible ways? Okay, Jerusalem, that's your personal reach. What does it look like to partner with the Holy Spirit, to partner with God in the influence that you can have in a missions-oriented, be his witness? What does it mean to join in with what the church is doing? This next Saturday, we have our next food distribution. If you've never been a part of that, just show up at 8.30. Just take a step and just be there to say, hey, I'm going to bless people and have an opportunity to, to be a blessing and to be a witness, show and tell, and, and you know, put my money where my mouth is and, and be a part of that. Uh, what does it look like in a local setting? What does it look like in a global setting for you? Maybe it doesn't look like going on a trip. Maybe you're like, well, I don't want to go. Well, maybe you could help send other people to go. Maybe you can be a part of a prayer team with someone that is going. Maybe you can help line up other opportunities, be praying for God to expand that opportunity for us as a church. So whatever that looks like there is a next step for you. So take a moment uh, as we move to our communion and just pray. In fact, I'm going to give you about 20 seconds, just silence, and just ask that you would say, hey, God, what does this look like for me? Personal reach, local reach, global reach, and how are you kind of stirring my heart? And so would you just take 20 seconds right where you're at and and pray for that, and I'll close this. We'll move into a time of communion worship and uh, on with our night.
God, we know missions uh, is important because it's, it's not just going to the people that, uh, that you're trying to connect with, that you're searching for in our personal reach and kind of our local setting uh, as well as global. Father, we want to be a church that lives this out in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Um, God, would you show us this week what that might look like uh, from a personal side uh, to being a partner with Element City Church, partner with the church as we fund things, as we give our resources to that to make it happen, as we invest our time and our energy in that, as we pray for our, our global partners that we're connected to. We lift up Tyler and Megan, ask for your best for them. Father, we pray for uh, everything that you're doing in Ecuador. God, would you stir our hearts to maybe other opportunities in the future? And would you allow us to continue to take steps, each one of us, in how to live this out. Father, we want to be a church and we want to be a people that live uh, with a mission's heart to go serve, to serve the people around us, to, to show and tell about your love, not just talk to people about it, but to show it and demonstrate it. And so we recognize that communion is a, an exercise, an opportunity that you've given us uh, uh, to, to kind of lean into your show and tell in a sense of saying, hey, I'm not just telling you I love you, I'm going to show you that I love you beyond everything and that you went to the cross, Jesus, for, on our behalf for the forgiveness of our sins and the uh, restoring our brokenness, that we might have life with you through faith in you. And so we remember your broken body, uh, the, your shed blood given for the forgiveness of our sins. As we remember you, would you stir our hearts as we worship you tonight? We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.